0: Hello and welcome to Sinner's Take, another Catholic Guys podcast of which we are the worst. I'm Cody. I'm Eddie. And today we're talking about something that Eddie wanted to talk about. I forget what it was though. (laughs) You forget? I did. Uh, Childlike faith. There it is.
1: (laughs) So let me get this straight. You are just now coming back onto the podcast after months after a months long hiatus, and you don't know the topic that we were talking
0: about. A months long, it was longer months, than that. No, well, months, months long,
1: yeah. several months.
0: Yeah, uh, and I you, went out into the woods, no, find we, my separated myself from society. <laughs> he lived a, he's lived as a hermit for the past six months in pennsylvania
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's actually not true um and it also isn't true because he does know what we are talking about today so he's a liar on multiple fronts
0: (laughs) no i remembered as soon as you said it but i didn't remember when i was introducing it uh, that was not a lie
1: well anyway welcome back to cody it's been you know been a while so we kind of explained a little bit earlier in the life update episode for alec that we hadn't we had kind of had a recording bank of episodes that we've been using which says cody's uh because alex gone right now and uh the thing is though is that during that time period cody actually went home and visited his family for a good chunk of the summer out in pennsylvania and so he wasn't able to record during that time and then he came back and by the time he came back we have been using those pre-recorded episodes with alec and i while alex been away at school so it's not by uh by choice that we, he, who haven't been on the show, but I have to say the fans are getting what they've wanted and <laughs> to have less Cody. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> Just kidding. The fans have been clamoring for more Cody, obviously. <laughs> so anyway, no, okay. childlike faith, uh, not to waste any more of your time, right? Cause here at sinners take, we are devoted to giving you adequate content at our convenience. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so childlike faith, I think, it's something that I think we've talked a little bit about in the past, but it was something that's been on my heart and I shared it with Cody and he said, that's also been on his heart to talk about. So, you know, hashtag God moments, but it's funny how that works. isn't oh, it? Oh yeah. You know, but I think it's important. And I, I was thinking of like how I wanted to lead in with this. And it's just with a very simple thought that God has revealed himself to be father to us. And if he is father to us, we are his children. And I think that's like a very simple thought, but clearly it's central to the teachings. And I think a lot of us go through our life with not fully embracing the fact that we are children of God and uh, either keep ourselves too distant from Him, or even on the flip side, we maybe even, if not too distant, maybe even like a little bit too, I don't want to say too close because it's definitely not, you can never be too close, but uh, maybe irreverent or like we're equals kind of situation, you know? Mm-hmm. But very clearly, God has revealed Himself to be Father. And that father child relationship is obviously central to the faith. And so what does that look like in our life?
0: Yeah, my uh a friend of mine who is a missionary, I had a decently long conversation with him. It wasn't more of a conversation, it was more of him talking to me about something that had been on his mind and it was this basically this exact topic. He said the 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 phraseology that he was coining uh is what he calls an orphan mentality where like a lot of people are baptized and one of the effects of baptism is becoming an adopted son or daughter of god right is becoming part of the family and being able to claim and you know part of being an adopted son is being able to claim part of the inheritance of the true son which is crazy and it's pretty clear that you know jesus sees all things as coming from his father and so we should we should as well right because we we can claim that inheritance that jesus would have claimed to some extent right obviously we're not going to be king not everyone is going to bow at our name and they shouldn't but just yeah living out of this place of thinking like i am not actually like i know intellectually that i am quote unquote a son of god or a daughter of god but like still living as if that wasn't true like still living as if so much of my life depended on me to to like generate opportunities for myself or to advance my own position or to take care of myself right clearly part of part of being a father is being is providing for for their child so that's just the phraseology i wanted to introduce was like an orphan mindset versus like the mindset of an adopted son or daughter of god
1: yeah i think you heard it here first folks (laughs) on sinner's take if you're wondering where orphan mindset came from it came from cody
0: last name redacted (laughs) not from was his Matt, Matt, last name redacted, Matt, last name redacted <laughs> for confidentiality. We'll call him Connell last name redacted. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, you know, to kind of summarize
1: all of this, right. If you don't acknowledge your, if you don't view yourself as a, a proper child, then you have no relationship with him. I mean, which that sounds probably more aggressive than I intended to be because it's more gentle than that, but it's. It's not like, and again, it's not something that he forces upon you, but it's uh, this is what he desires. And this is how he desires to serve us. And this is how he desires to love us. And I think that that trusting relationship is central to our relationship with God. You know, I, it's kind of a cliche image, but I do believe it is beautiful as most cliches are, which is why they're so used so frequently. But that would be the idea, you know, when you have, when you were is in a relationship, there is freedom. Right. Wherever when you have a relationship built on trust, you are free to be who you are. You are free to be safe. You are free to do anything that you your heart's desire because you feel like you won't be judged or all these other things. Uh, And I think of the the image of, you know, a father throwing their child in the air. The child is not thinking while they're in the air. Oh, my gosh, my child, my my dad's going to drop me. Right. It's instantly they they're in joy because they know that their father is going to catch them. And then they say to do it again. Right. They want they want this this pattern to continue. And where there is that trust, there is a flourishing and beautiful relationship. And where that, when that trust, because we know wherever their trust is damaged, relationships become very difficult. And we see this in the relationships maybe with our own earthly fathers, our other family members, friends, former lovers. Uh, it's it
0: where there is without trust, there cannot be a true relationship. Fundamentally, we might say that we trust. God, like, yeah, I have faith. Like, yeah, I have faith. Or, oh, that person's faith is so strong. Or, oh, my faith, you know, I I feel good in my faith. You know, it's kind of like lingo that people use. But I guess I just, I wonder how much people are actually willing to bank on God coming through. Right? Like, in moments of, of desperation, just being at peace and saying, you know what? Like, ultimately, this doesn't really matter because I'm taken care of. Like, my Father in Heaven sees me. And and like also knows the predicament that i'm in and and i i wonder to what extent as well it is it is proper to to lay these these cares and these cares or these uh these trials on on our father because i mean to some extent we've been we have been granted the freedom to to work right and to and to work for ourselves and to and part of this providence is you know he provides a job so that we can have money, because I, I don't know, this this is starting to feel like a little bit more of a scattered thought than I had intended it to be, but, you know, I, I think there is a level to which you can say, this this is, you know, this clearly seems to be God giving me this responsibility, right? Like, I, I'm not just going to quit my job and say, well, you know, I'm going to go buy a mansion now because God's just going to provide the money, right? I, I, I don't think that that seems appropriate, but, you know, this is where I would interject, like, my own personal testimony Uh, so coming back from Pennsylvania I was moving to live in a different house and I was lacking many of what I would personally consider to be uh, essentials in living uh, namely a bed and you know like a place to put my clothes and um, a desk right I was lacking all of that 'cause i I don't have a any computer of my monitor i don't have any of my furniture with me yeah a computer monitor was was another thing i had been i had been gifted a uh, a desktop right so that had already been <laughs> gifted to me, but it didn't come with a monitor uh so i i was kinda kind of freaking out like a little bit because um, i am i mean I have the money, right? And so that that's why I was kind of wondering, you know, to what extent can I trust you with this? God, like am I am I to expect that you have provided the money through my job and that's how I'm supposed to provide for myself in this situation? And but I was reading through the the way of perfection by Saint Teresa of Avila and I guess she go, she goes through the Our Father and talks about what we should be thinking about while we're praying like each word of it basically and the whole the whole beginning of it the whole first couple chapters while she's doing this she's talking about how we should think of God as our father and and the providence that comes with that and and just again the care that he has for us and so while i was kind of wrestling with this i i, I just thought you know what lord if you want to provide this like I, i'll I'll trust in you to provide it and i i came back still didn't have a bed stayed with uh some family of mine out here and the day before i was supposed to move into the house where i didn't have anything uh i was <laughs> i was driving to go golfing with my aunt and and without i didn't mention anything and she said hey do you have like everything you need to to move into this place and i was like i mean i there are like a couple things i could use she's like do you need a bed <laughs> and i was <laughs> It's like, ah, man, it's so funny that you say that because, yeah, I do need a bed. I don't have a bed moving into this place. And she's like, oh, okay, well, we've got, like, a bed with, like, the frame and a mattress topper, and do you have sheets? I said, no. She said, oh, we've got sheets. Don't worry about that. You know, do you need, like, like a computer monitor? Like, is it... Because we have, like, an extra little TV that's, like, the perfect size for a computer monitor, but we don't use it. And I was like, what the heck is going on here? <laughs> so, and I... I I share this because I don't think that the the providence that is there, that was there for me in that moment, I don't think that that's something that's specific to me. I think that that is something that is specific to each person, particularly baptized people, but to all people, right? That, that God wants to be a father and he wants to prove his love, I think, for us. I don't think that's too bold to say, to say that, that he desires to prove his love to us. I mean, he, he's already done it infinitely on the cross, but... I think he desires to do it more and in a more in ways that are personal as well.
1: Yeah, and that I mean it, it that the whole thing is crazy and you left out the part where with as far as the rest of the stuff that was the day uh our work sent us a Target oh, gift yeah. card. <laughs> oh yeah.
0: Um I forgot about that actually. So uh, even with like the sheets that I had had been given uh, I didn't have a pillow and I didn't have uh a place to hang my clothes. I didn't have I didn't have like a like a comforter to go over the bed. And so if it got cold at night, I, I would just be freezing. And it just so happened, right, that like a week earlier, for no reason, we had been given $200 to Target from work. And so I went and I, I got all of that, a comforter and a, a thicker blanket in case I wanted both. I got uh, a lunchbox, I got uh, the pillow, and it came out to like exactly $200. <laughs> Wasn't there
1: like three cents left? Uh, the, something like that. <laughs> yeah.
0: I'm still sitting on $3 on my target gift card. So <laughs> I don't know. will <laughs> go buy some gum.
1: Yeah. I think that it is, it is beautiful, but and you know, it's tough. To, it's a tough line to walk, right? Because you know how it's always tough to balance the, you know, you shall not put your Lord, your God to the test. And I think it, it, if we understand him as spontaneous and understand him, or I mean, as much as we can understand him as spontaneous, as kind of an oxymoron in and of itself. But we and we, we place the trust in him. He desires to show us these things. You know, obviously there's going to be times where he calls you into growth and calls you into moments of challenge or trepidation tribu- uh, or whatever. Tribulation. Trepidation is something different. What is that
0: trepidation word? Trepidation is a word that I don't know what it means, but I know that it's the other word that you were thinking yeah. of.
1: Uh, tribulation is the word I'm thinking of, but, but yeah, I mean, how beautiful is that? Right. And it's just, just something so simple, but God, he does, you know, he wants to show these things to us because that's how, who he has revealed us to be. And I think the problem is, is a lot of times we struggle to want to be put in that position. As we kind of touched on earlier, we are people who are prideful. We are people who, uh, like to provide for ourselves, especially in the American mentality, uh, where, and it's tough to walk that line because you never want to just be a guy who's just like not taking any initiative, but also you don't want to be so like self-made that you essentially consider yourself your own creator and then therefore worship yourself. You know, that's uh, something that I've, I've thought about a lot. And the other thing, yeah. What So do you have any thoughts on that? On this? How do you, how do you walk this line between total bum and total bum? (laughs) It's both cases.
0: I think, I don't know. It's, Difficult, and I, I think it almost feels a little bit uncomfortable to ask God for things that it seems what we should be doing ourselves. In that case, the reason I made the judgment call to just like you know I'm just gonna trust you and I'm not really gonna even look for one is because that like having a bed seems like a necessity of life, right? And and to have gone out and found one from somewhere that I didn't know where it was coming from, or to have to buy some one that was totally new. It just, it seems like, yeah, it seems like it would be better for it to come from a place that I knew. I guess the point that I'm trying to make is the distinction, or maybe a distinction that you could make in your head is, is this something that's going to like aid me in service of him, right? Having a bed definitely helps me serve him better because I, you know, I sleep better and then I teach better because I'm I'm more mentally focused, right? You know, is this something that by gaining it like I I'm I'm more bringing about his glory than my own, but even there, right? Like I think there's still more that he wants to provide for us, not just like equip us to be like workers for him, but he I think he really wants to provide for us like a father would. I heard a story uh, about a friend of mine, who he was asked to be in one of his best friend's wedding, uh, and he, you know he he was so excited and he wanted to do it so bad he wanted to be there for this person and. But the problem was is he was basically completely broke at the time. He had no money. And the the suit that they were renting or buying or whatever cost I think three hundred and seventy six dollars. And he like he just straight up did not have three hundred and seventy six dollars to spend on this suit. But he wanted to be there for his friend. So he went to a gas station and like said a, like said like this little prayer in his head before he went in and he said God, like, I'm gonna put this in your hands. Whether or not like this comes like this anything comes of this or or I'm provided this, it's not gonna change the way that I love you. Uh, but it would be really nice if, you know, this was provided for me. And he went into that gas station and he bought a lottery ticket and he won $376. Exactly. <laughs> like it was the exact amount that the suit cost. So like even there, right? That's not something where he's like serving better. Like it's it's just like it was a genuine need and a genuine desire, and so God provided for him. I I don't know. It just it seems, it seems like he's doing willing to do so much more than than all we would ask or imagine. I think is is how Paul writes it.
1: Yeah, and I the, to be honest, this is something that I I definitely struggle with, right? I I fall into the the worry of. I, I, I'm afraid that if I ask for things, and I don't get them. Where does that leave me? You know, and I think that that's where it, it really is just an openness to the, to his will, right. To, cause when it comes down to it, right. The only thing you can really offer to God is your surrender to his will. Because, you know, if you try to say, Oh, I want to do this with my life, even if it's something good, it doesn't mean necessarily that you're still imposing yourself upon God, right. To be okay with, either outcome I think it and it's tougher because to somebody who is outside of the faith they'll just say this is just coincidence right because because it happens so so sporadically where sometimes it does and sometimes it doesn't right it's so hard to convince somebody of like this is god when it isn't god every time you know or like when god seems to not come through for people at times uh, and I, and that's something that I personally have struggled with within my own life uh you know even just with the term like you know, people throw around, uh, you know, I I'm blessed. Right. Right. Like when they say, Oh, it's a nice house. Like, Oh, I'm just so blessed. Right. Because then it, does that imply that those who don't have a nice house, are they not blessed? Right. Because why are you blessed in the other, but everybody's blessed. And when everybody's blessed, (laughs) no one will be, uh, it's, it's something that I definitely struggle with, but you can't even deny those stories, right? You can't, when you have the eyes of faith to see, I mean, he's definitely provided for me in ways that have completely, Knocked my socks off, right? I'm Not gonna bore you guys with more with more stories, but you're saying um, my stories
0: were boring. <laughs> <Yes. Ouch. laughs> uh
1: So it is, but but it's just a, it's a tough thing, you know. And I wish I wish I had a better answer for it. I don't think I really do, right? But just to approach it with faith and to approach it with the eyes huh, hashtag of a child, uh, you know, because the the in letting God be the God of, of a mystery, right? He is, he is, a, he is mysterious. He is spontaneous. So I wish that I could be more helpful when it comes to this thing. I feel like, uh, they they're just, there isn't like a clear cut. Like it will happen when this does, and it won't happen in these situations.
0: And if you do this, it will. And if you don't do this, it won't, you know. But I think the important thing to keep in mind is that whether it does or does not, it is, it is the best move that could have been made for you. Right. Like even if it doesn't feel like it, it ultimately, for whatever reason, is the best move and the most loving thing that could have possibly been done so that's just something to keep in mind as well Is like if if the physical thing that you needed or or whatever it was that you were praying for if that wasn't provided then something else was that was of greater value even if you can't see it yeah just to keep that in mind as well this is that this is a tough topic topic
1: to talk about i think but you know just to reemphasize what cody just said right the idea that it really is god it in the event that something doesn't happen the way that we see that we would want it to happen, to always approach these things with faith faith on both ends, faith when you get it, faith when you don't. But just to know that God is Father and desires to provide. Um, there's a couple other reflections too about this that I would like to share. Um, something that is from uh, C.S. Lewis' The Weight of Glory, he was talking about because I think a lot of people, myself included, we fall into a false sense of humility where we feel like we don't want to be praised. Right. Which that sounds kind of backwards, but seeking praise isn't always a bad thing when you're seeking praise for the right reason from the right people, like seeking a reward for something that is proper is actually a good thing. Uh, He talks about uh, like somebody seeking a reward of money because they've been hired to do something bad. Like a mercenary is not, is not good. You should not be seeking that reward, but a general, seeking the desire of victory in battle is not a bad thing, right? Seeking the good that comes from something when it is proper is good. And so he says, a lot of times, you know, we, we seek praise of other people and that's toxic, but seeking the praise of God is actually very holy, which let me, let me elaborate a little bit more. It is actually a more humble position, according to CS Lewis, to seek the praise of God than to not. Because he says, let me pull up the actual quote. When I began to look into this matter, I was shocked to find such different Christians as Milton, Johnson, and Thomas Aquinas taking heavenly, heavenly glory, quite frankly, in the sense of the frame of good report. So that, talking about like them seeking after like heavenly glory. like Paul talks about this too, right? Like winning the crown. Like how he desires to win this crown. And he was taken back by it. But he says, but not fame conferred by our fellow creatures, fame with God approval or might I say appreciation by God and then when I had thought it over I saw that this was very this view was scriptural nothing can eliminate from the parable of the divine accolade well done thou good and faithful servant with that a good deal of what I've been thinking all my life fell down like a house of cards I suddenly remembered that no one can enter heaven except as a child nothing is so obvious in a child not in a conceited child but in a good child as it's great and disguised pleasure in being praised, not only in a child either, but even in a dog or a horse. Apparently what I had mistaken for humility had all these years prevented me from understanding what is in fact the humblest and most childlike, the most creaturely of pleasures, nay, the specific pleasure of the inferior, the pleasure of a child before its father, a pupil before his teacher, a creature before its creator. I think that that's super profound that seeking after the approval of God is like what a child does to their father, right? Seeking. I want my father to be proud of me. I want in the same way that like a student, when a teacher says like, good job, I'm proud of you. It should mean a lot to the pupil of the teacher or to the coach, to the player in the same way that it should for, for the, for the creation from the creator. Um, Right. Because we see it up and down the lives of the saints that they, they desire this approval, this, this of God right that they desire his affection almost like his like that like we talked about the
0: well done like my good and faithful servant yeah and it's again it, it's like yeah it's just being seen as pleasing to him and i think I, that is so clearly a position of love a child that doesn't love their parents doesn't want to be seen as pleasing to them or students that don't care about what their teachers think of them don't typically care if they're seen as pleasing or not to the teacher or, to, you know, player to the coach, like you were saying, there's clearly something like so. Something that so clearly acknowledges the other person as being able to give that approval, so being higher than the person seeking it, and also like the affection of wanting them to be pleased and and working for their pleasure and not for the pleasure of the person working.
1: Yeah. If like a dog lives their whole life seeking after the affection of the, of their owner and a dog is like objectively happier in service to an owner. Like a, a stray dog is not happier than a dog that is in, uh, that is in a loving relationship with a human and has a task and has a job because they know that they are inferior to the human intellectually and things of that nature. And, therefore take pleasure in specifically being acknowledged by that person. That is like, so I I love what he says about it's the, it's the specific, uh, the, the most creaturely of pleasures, nay, the specific pleasure of the inferior. Like it is only something that you would appreciate like so much if you knew that you were lesser than them. Um, and that's such an important disposition of God to be in with God that, that like that child seeking, seeking the, the pleasure of the father. And I think that that is something that I had never thought of before, And then one last reflection on this that kind of came up as well is God, like as father who defends, right. There's part of the relationship of that. That's why the fall happened, right. was because Adam failed as a defender of the family. He let the serpent come into the garden. And then I think it's also very telling that of God's relationship with us when after the fall, right. What is God's first move after he finds us, right. Is he, he wants to go and like get the guy who, who deceived his kids.
0: Uh, The phrase, like the, the wording that that the father uses, you know, like he's walking through the garden and he finds them and he's like, where were you? And Adam says, Oh, like I saw that I was naked. So I hid myself. I heard you coming. I saw that I was naked. So I hid myself. And we touched on this a little bit in our reflection on shame or when we, when we talked specifically about this passage. So you can listen to that episode if you want more there. But, You know, the next thing that God says is not like, hey, dummy, I made you naked, like get get over it. You know, it's not, it's not to belittle the man or to, or to ridicule him. The very next thing that comes out of his mouth is like, who told you that you were naked? Like a kid coming home to his dad and being like, oh man, like, I'm just stupid. And, and the dad's, the dad's first reaction or like the father's first reaction wouldn't be, yeah, you're right. You are super dumb right? The, like the father's first reaction would be, Oh, who told you that? Like who told you that you were stupid? And so I, and I think there's a lot to be said there. Um, I think that this is probably where there is just what, what I'm moved to say right now is I think there's a great failure in this on the part of fathers, you know, whether it's like sarcasm or whether it's some sort of anger with themselves or or whatever it is like they're only human. And so they're not going to respond perfectly. And so I think there are a lot of times where there are opportunities for this and, and it doesn't come through on the human end. And so it's hard to see this on the end of God, um, because so much of our mindset is shaped about him by our own fathers. If you have not experienced this in your own life from your earthly father, You can at least take confidence in knowing that that is the first thing that God said to the first sinner was not shaming them, was not belittling them, but asking them where that came from and then proceeds to go and talk to the person who told them that and and ruin them, like put them to shame, make eat dirt, (laughs) 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 crawl on your belly for the rest of your days. Um, He's gonna straight up take away their legs. Yeah, that's what the fa- that's what God the Father does, man. He's gonna go kneecap. You'll <laughs> <laughs> crawl on your belly and eat dirt. Uh,
1: yeah. And I I love that image of of God as the defending Father. And uh, I actually I wrote an essay on temptation, which I think we're probably going to to do an entire episode on at some point, maybe in the future. But a little piece of it is couple of things here right is the idea when when dealing with temptation, the necessity the reason why God allows us to be tempted is so that we can learn to rely on him I think uh above all else. I think it's not about like us proving ourselves to him. I don't believe that it is about us going out and fighting our own victories. I believe it is about running back to God every single time, right right if you're tempted a thousand times in a day, it means that God is asking you to rely on him a thousand times a day. and I think if we are prideful he will continue to allow us to be tempted until we learn that lesson. But I, I, this is an excerpt from the essay that um, I like to think of as just like having that confidence in, in the Lord there, there's two two things that I wanted to share. One is this, any confidence we have in overcoming temptation is to come like the faint roar of a lion cub that can only be mustered in the presence of danger from the safe protection of standing under the belly of his father. That image kind of came to me in, prayer but like it it was kind of like where simba comes in and like tries this really faint roar but only after he has the confidence that like mufasa's with him that like there's just a confidence there that's like my dad's with me right like like what are you gonna do now you know and to have this idea that he desires to ward out evil in our life um and then something else that i wanted to to share was i think a lot of times we like i said we struggle we fall into pride when it comes to temptation we are tempted to pride when faced with temptations, a double, double temptation, t- temptation on both ends. <laughs> and essentially it is this, uh, it says, I will, however, contend that in all things, especially temptation, we are either children of God clinging to his leg with our whole heart, or we are nothing. And I think that that is essentially why on our own, we can't fight these battles, but we have a God, a loving father who desires to fight them for us, who has already won the victory. And, um, desires to be with us to defend us and i think that it's uh it's such an important image uh for us to understand in relationship to him uh because if we don't we don't understand who he is at his core so would you say that that is how you fight your battles this is how i fight my battles <laughs> i'm just gonna sit here and wait for him to come back with you the head got... of my enemies <laughs> so that i can so that i can call it my victory mm, mm. <laughs> yes yes um So, yeah, I mean, I think that's pretty much all I got for you guys uh, before we ramble even more out of control. So, yeah.
0: And I think something else real quick about the father uh, is that a father's relationship with each child isn't completely personal uh, and completely unique. And so, you know, how the father reveals himself and his love. Uh, to me and to Eddie is probably different than how he would reveal it to you and so just I mean I, it's the answer to everything right just go and ask him about it we probably could just start the podcast that way every time and every podcast episode would be like three minutes long <laughs> to introduce the problem that, oh go ask God but to genuinely ask and expect a response in like what does you being father mean in this relationship here between you and I
1: yeah because for those of you who are still listening i think this actually can shed light into shed light into what we were talking about earlier with when when to receive things and when not to or when you will and when you will not but again it it depends on where you're at with him right and he is only going to draw you further into himself and that his response is going to be dictated by your relationship with him and what's best for that so yeah pray pray boldly love deeply podcast every week every other week (laughs) every other week (laughs) podcast sincerely Uh, so yeah from all of us here at sinners take you will hear us in the next one